Welcome to this special edition of the Hyperfast Agent Podcast, where we are bringing you speakers from the 2024 Hyperfast Agent Summit, which was held in Arlington, Virginia. First up, we have Andrew Perry, who has built one of the fastest growing real estate teams in Ontario, owns two brokerages, and is expanding at a rapid pace. Stand by for this episode. I get a little excited, especially in the morning. Um, but you know what? I have a full slide deck. Hearing some of you know what you guys are actually looking for, I might just kind of get through half of it and scrap the whole thing. Uh, and and you know, obviously, I don't want to take anything away from the afternoon or whatever. But uh, it seems like you've got some really good questions, um, you know, about how to get listings, how to get leads. And there was someone over there, right, that had questions about how to grow your team. So hopefully, we can accomplish some of that here today. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not really good at clickers and stuff like that. I, I normally don't do too many slides, but I'm going to get right into it. So that, I'm from Canada, as you know, but I, so I did some research. I did some research here. This data is from the Bureau of Labor Stats from your country. <laughs> so I, I would imagine mine is probably very similar. But 20% of new businesses failed during the first two years of being open. That counts for real estate teams. It's not just, you know, pizzerias and all that. So 45% failed during the first five, 65% failed in the first 10, 25% in the first 15 years. Um, so you guys all know this, right? It's not, you know, it's, I'm not the first person to find these stats and blow your mind, you know, right in the first five seconds of my presentation. But what's super, super important of this is that when you went, in Canada, you got to go to school for almost a year to get licensed. I hear some of y'all, it only takes two weeks. So who's, who, who's been the longest in school here? Months. Months? Yeah. So you guys weren't joking me, like everybody just has to take a two-week course and then you get your real estate license, is that what you're saying? Oh, too, yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's the pass rate in a percentage? 75%? Uh, I, I don't even want to You just got to show up and put your name on the paper? We have to pass the exam, and then PSI also tests you for mm -hmm. your jurisdiction, you know, whatever. Okay. And just for my own, uh, what is PSI? PSI is one of the companies that does a lot of the licensing exams here in this okay. country. Okay. So... This works, this exercise works a little bit better on Canadians. Um, so, when you're going through the schooling, how many of you actually thought that you were only going to be in business for two years, five years, ten, or did you think of this as a career? As a career. You thought of it as a career, right? I know, stupid question, because I, I know the answer. So the idea behind today's presentation is how do we create a successful business with longevity? And this is kind of what we're going to be talking about. So why most teams fail or why most businesses fail is they never figured out how to grow or they let their ego take control of their business. And so what I mean by that, and maybe you are one of those people. I don't know. I was, and I'll get into it. But it's my way or the highway. I've got so many successful teams that are doing 100, 200, 300 deals 
they do not know how to get to the next level because they're not open to growth, change, innovative ideas. Uh, was it you, Kara, that said you're just new on a team? Yeah. All right. So when you join a team, we have systems and processes in place to help you succeed. Now, nobody's business is perfect. I've got gaps in my business, and I want to be, you know, notified when those gaps uh, are uncovered or exposed. And so that's how what we do on our team is that we want to see those exposed areas and we want to be able to uh, fix them right away. And you know, somebody who's maybe green, are you new in the business? Okay, so new in the business, new to a team. So we want to hear from you. Doesn't mean that just because you're new you don't have good ideas. Maybe you can't see the systems for what we've built based on our experience and that's a whole different story. Okay, so this guy, look at him. He's a funny looking guy. He's uh, the life of the party. Dan, how long do I got, by the way? I don't want to spend too much time on my past. 30 minutes. All right. So, so this guy here, life of the party. Look, he's wearing a suit. I think I'm even wearing the same shirt. <laughs> you know how much money I was making here? 700 grand a year, maybe, which was pretty good, right? And that's in Canadian dollars, so it's like $100,000 here in the States. <laughs> I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't have any purpose here. I certainly didn't know how to run a team. This is COVID money. This is COVID. I allowed that market to, you know, float my boat and raise my bank account. Who here are team leaders? How did COVID affect your business? What did it affect it in a positive light or a negative light? Positive? Yeah? What happened when COVID disappeared and the market just stopped? Did it stop for you guys or it stopped for me? Yeah? W did you get exposed? Did you get exposed to things that maybe you were taking for granted over the, the two years, right? So that's exactly what I did. So a little bit about my past. You guys know this company, right, LA Fitness? As soon as it came to Canada, I wanted to jump on board. It transformed my life. So uh, Dan and I and Carrie and I were talking last night. If you're in the recruiting business, head over to your local LA Fitness, and you're going to find some really good salespeople. I, I swear, it, it's absolutely amazing. And you know, I was in the music industry. Uh, this is Carl Wolf. Do you know, uh, I bless the rains down and up. See, he covered that song, and it was a big hit. We did some music together. We did some music videos in the past. What happened to me when I first got in the business and I started making money is that I thought I could do it alone, and I thought the ways that I had uh, perfected was, was the best way to achieve success in any business. Um, what I've done here in the past five years has accumulated to the rest of the presentation and what I really, really want to go over today. So just a little bit about me is that I'm the owner of the Finest States team, which has uh, uh, 10 award-winning local realtors, podcast host of That Fine Life. I operate two brokerages, one in Niagara-on-the-Lake and one in Muskoka. If you haven't heard of these two locations, Niagara-on-the-Lake is the wine capital of North America, if you haven't noticed. Uh, we have 93 wineries in our little town. And then Muskoka is like our Ozarks. I only know that because I watch the show. Uh, but it's like cottage country. It's cool. 
I'm director of one of the fastest growing independent brokerages in Ontario, top 0.1% of all realtors, 90% agent to agent referrals. Who knew that you could run your entire business on agent to agent referrals? Uh, and then we did 400 million in sales. Uh, I also have a TV show coming out uh, in spring, uh, A&E. I can't tell you the title of it, but, but you'll know. You'll see my face, uh, international speaker. So this is my team here. We do a lot of events. Now somebody at the back said listings, right? So we get majority, if not probably about 85% of our listings from community events. Yeah. Uh, online leads, we basically stopped after COVID. I'm not saying that they're uh, a, a bad um, you know, investment choice, but for us, what worked was putting those marketing dollars out of online leads and putting them into events. So, life is good. There's another suit, I'm making money. Look at this guy, fresh. I was waking up shaving every day making sure that I was making my 120 calls a day, making sure I was getting 10 appointments a day. And then this is me when I took advantage of all that, put on about 30 pounds, wasn't taking my health seriously. And, you know, like I said, I just let COVID take me for a little bit of a ride. So I decided back in 2021 to take myself uh, and my health a little bit more seriously. Here's my trophy. Uh, I lost 20 pounds in three months, and I got back to the gym. Life was good. And then in 2023, boom, get hit with a cancer diagnosis. So right here is when I found out I had to go for a bone marrow biopsy. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, uh, it's in insanely painful. So right here, I find out that I've got a blood cancer called JAK2. It's extremely rare. Um, of that, I also have something called polythermia vera. If there's any medical people in the house, you might know what that is, because I sure didn't. And so, no matter what, 2018, 2019, 2021, if the business is running anything. And let's just say if they gave me two months, three months, 10 years to live, how are my kids going to benefit from all the hard work that I just put forth if I don't have a longevity, uh, if my business isn't uh, in longevity? So um, the flea in the jar analogy, you've heard this, right? You've heard this? No? Some people, yeah, some people. Okay, so there's a scientist back in the 60s, they took a bunch of fleas, they put them in the jar. What do you think happened? Died. <laughs> they eventually will. Sorry to ruin the story. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they all jumped out. They all jumped out. So what the scientists did then is you put a lid on the jar. Put the lid on for three days. Obviously, they can't escape, right? They removed the jar. What do you think happened? That's right. They stayed inside the jar. So the point of this experiment was to showcase the fact that your past experiences subconsciously, whether they're an, uh, you know, an actual piece of your reality or not, can actually limit your growth, 
and ultimately your longevity. So why is this important to a real estate team? Number one, when I first started a team, I thought that I had to be the team leader. I thought in order to grow, my business should make up 80% of the total sales. And that's why I had all of those problems. If I wasn't selling or I was trying to grow the business or I was trying to go to conferences like these, try to worry, and then you know, I, all I would be doing is worrying about the business back home. Is it running? And the next thing you know, our sales team has a bad month, a bad six months, a bad year. The expenses are still going out and you're only reliant on your sales. That was a limiting belief. I knew that I had to take care of my health. Why? Because I can't take care of any of you, including my sales and my clients, if I'm not healthy and in the right mindset. I also knew that as I got taken out of sales, something magical happened. Other people stepped in. Leadership happened. Other people were taking responsibilities that like I said, if I wasn't willing to take myself out of that team leader role, which most of us expected, I wouldn't be able to get to the business that I have today. So I've got two questions. Are you a flea in the jar, limited by your thinking from experience, or are you a leader placing an invisible lead over your team? Create those opportunities for those who are looking for it, and that's what we're going to be getting in today. Okay, leadership strategies. Sorry, I'm a little parched. We don't have Starbucks in Canada. I'm joking. We do. We definitely do. We definitely do. Oh, Tim Hortons. As soon as I got off the plane and met Carrie and Dan for dinner last night, I, uh, we, I just couldn't help myself but talk politics. And Tim Hortons to a Canadian is politics, let me tell you. Because McDonald's, and I told the Uber, I don't know why I talk so much, I told the Uber driver this morning, McDonald's bought the coffee contract from Tim Hortons, so nobody likes Tim Hortons anymore because it's just black water. Oh, well. Yeah, so anyways. So back, back to the strategies. So leadership strategies, hire smarter, surround yourself with experts, foster innovation and continuous learning. But the most important, none of this matters. You could hire people from Harvard but if you're not letting them grow within their role, delegate confidently for strategic decision-making, that's a wordful, um, then they're not making best use of not only their time, but your money. So unload non-core tasks from those who might not be that Harvard degree, but they still have something inside them. This is why I never hire based on past experience. I, I hire based on gut, based on a few set of questions, based on how they present themselves in the interview. And I always allow them to take the non-core tasks off my desk first. So who here as a realtor that is a team leader, do you upload your own listings to your board? There we go, there's step one, man. There's step one. Who here does their own accounting? Oh. Wow, thank you. Who does your own accounting? So every, my first two years of business, I did my own accounting, it's all right. I also got audited my first two years of business. I don't know if there's a correlation, but, I, but it happened. 
But the most important thing is I can deal, deal with the CRA, your IRS. What I can't deal with is the two days it took me to organize everything, calculate, put them all in January, February, March. What my bookkeeper can do in a matter of seconds because she's on it, I send everything to her on an ongoing basis. She's able to pull up any information I need, my P&Ls at any given time. That's something that I just can't do. If I'm focused on the back end stuff, there's no way that my talents, which is for growth and brand awareness, it can't be, it can't be used effectively. Okay, this. I know I ramble a lot, it's kind of my thing. But this here, for team leaders who are looking to grow, this is the number one takeaway from, from today's talk, okay? So this is called the 108010 rule. It was developed by uh, an entrepreneur named Dan Martell. Does anybody know Dan Martell? My man, there we go. He wrote a book called Buy Back Your Time. If you're looking to grow and you don't really, um, you don't really know how, excuse me, uh, Buy Back Your Time is your first step, all right? So 108010. The 108010 rule is very, very simple. You as a team leader typically knows what's best for your team, right? Through your experiences, that's why you're the team leader. That's why you own the business. Um, it's your name you know, on the sign or the business card or whatever. You come up with the ideas. You allow your team, does this have a pointer? I think so. Is the red line at the top? Oh. Okay, fair enough, so I'm just gonna keep pointing. So you come up with the 10%, the first 10%, the idea, the concept, you lay it out for your team. Your team, who you trust, will come up with the 80%. The content, the meat and potatoes, the design, all of that. And then you come in for the last 10% and put your final stamp of approval on it. Does that make sense? Are people doing this now? Oh, I like this guy. He's, he's, you're engaging with me. I like it. He's, you're giving me the energy to feed off of that I need. So distribute workload effectively. Emphasize clear guidance and trust. So you can't just do the... I, I've tried it, trust me. and Maybe you can. Dan Martell might argue with me. But without the clear guidance and trust, you'll come back to check on your 10%, and that 80% might be around 5 10 and you know they waited for you for you know clarification on something. It's that that's a struggle. But once you actually get this down, it just runs super super smooth. And this is how we uh, this is how we we manage all of our tasks. Uh, so the delegation strategy is assigned tasks based on strengths. So one thing that I've noticed is you know and the team leaders here or the people with assistants who has assistants or admins. Okay, good, 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 good. So one thing that I noticed is that my assistant was, she's getting a little bored. I could see it right in her face. Every time I asked her to upload another listing, post to social media, you know, run my receipts to the bookkeeper, her face would just kind of uh, gloss over. Didn't want to do it. She wasn't super happy every day when she came in. And we're all in the business of making people happy, right? So. What I noticed was, is what really lit her fire is when she was connecting front face to the clients. 
creating listing descriptions, and creating design work. So although she's my admin, you can't just automatically take somebody that you've hired to do a particular job and push them into a new position, uh, unless you guys always have recruits on deck, which you should. However, you want to assign these tasks based on strengths because if she's not doing the work that we want her to do in an efficient and effective way, then what's the point of even having her? But this person's awesome. They've helped us build to where we've, where we've got. I don't, I don't agree with people that have been with you since the beginning and just because they're not happy anymore, getting rid of them. Find their strengths, find their passion. Do your reviews. You guys do one-on-ones? You guys do your one-on-one -on -one reviews, quarterly, yearly, weekly, yeah? Oh man, I love it, that's beautiful. So inside these one-on-ones, I, I, I like to ask a couple of questions. What were your tasks over the week? What have you accomplished? What did you dislike? What did you like? Some things, they, I see it, sometimes they pull one over on me and they try to dislike something, I said, too bad, that's your job. But in other circumstances, there's things that they absolutely excel on based on their passions that we want to elevate and identify and make sure that we give them some type of role that involves something that they actually like doing. Uh, investment development, uh, once you've identified what it is, so for uh, my general manager, who's now our director of ops, we actually noticed that she was struggling to connect with the sales team. So what we did is we actually invested in her support and development when we hired her a her own coach. So recognizing where people are failing and being able to offer or, or sorry offer solutions is super super crucial. Uh, KPIs, you guys get it right. You guys are at a sales summit, so you understand KPIs. I'm not gonna talk about it, right? So second thing you take away from this presentation is what gets measured gets improved can't win a game if you don't know the score. I just did like two quotes back to back. Um, accountability and strategic growth. So once you've had the conversation and you've moved them to a role where they're focused on their passions, you need to define those expectations. Because just because you know they're passionate about something and you've helped support them elevate to that next position, doesn't mean that they're going to exceed or hit your expectations. So that's super, super important. Does anybody know why I'm focused so much on the actual team side of things, the admin side of things? I, I don't know. Maybe you guys expected me to come up and uh, talk listing strategies or lead gen. That's not how you grow a team. How you grow a team is foundationally. Salespeople are gonna leave. Ideally, if you've done your job, maybe they wanna be promoted within the company, but if you've done your job as a team leader, most likely they're gonna go out and start their own team. But the foundations of your admin and your core leadership team is, is where that focus needs to be. Uh, focus on the big picture, yep, yep, yep. Uh, these are just, uh, just for your own notes, additional non-core um, tasks is accounting, um, anything bookkeeping, anything advertising and design. Um, you guys use Fiverr, Upwork, or maybe you have your own in-house people, right? 
Okay. So here's here's one way that's uh, kind of like a a little double strategy. When we're doing events like this, when we're you know doing our community events, when we're doing charity events, we collaborate with the businesses and leverage their admins and their staff as well. Especially in these hot hot markets, you know every hour is is super crucial to your admin and your staff, right? All right. Now this piece here is uh, I'm going to move on to how we actually provide accelerated growth. So accelerated growth, that just simply means for all those first year to third year realtors, how do we get you to your goals as fast as possible? So this is a model that we came up with. It's not rocket science. I basically stole it from LA Fitness. Again, see, you want to hire and recruit people like me. The people that came from LA Fitness, we, we've got it all. We could transform your business in a matter of days. So, sales agent, they do about 100K, 150. Maybe they specialize in something unique, new construction, social media. Then, once they're excelling, we offer them a mentorship role. From there, we offer them a senior sales role. A senior sales role can be anything like a, uh, you know, a listing specialist, a buyer specialist. It's just taking the, you know, um, the strategies and process of a mentor and just elevating it to those top, uh, you know, the, the, the top people on your team. I just think for efficiency purposes, if a mentor is focusing on those from, let's just, if we had to put a number on it, zero to 100K, and then the, the senior sales is, is anybody over 100K. They wanna be training, you know, it's just a different set of, uh, of personalities that you're dealing with when you're at a 200, 300, 500K plus, right? And then of course, we've got our VP of sales. So um, this works great especially if you're with EXP, because EXP, you, this, this can just go like this. You, there's so many different roles. As you get into new markets, I've added regional VP, provincial VP, right? We can have people in multiple provinces and states and countries run that same play effectively on a much, much larger scale. No, nobody here paid me to say that, by the way. Um, and then for the admin team, this is super crucial. The third point you should take away from this presentation is how do we provide those same growth opportunities but for our admins? Front desk staff, admin manager, director of ops. So director of ops is going to run the day-to-day -day for all of these two tiers here as well as being direct control to the admin manager. I as the CEO, the team leader, do not need to speak to these two people, other than when I'm s smiling at them, walking past them into my office. The director of ops is in direct control. And then move them up to the regional VP of operations. Does anybody have a similar growth plan for their team right now? No? Do you understand, okay, good, Carrie, good. Do you understand why this is super important? We got into business to be in business for a long time, right? We didn't get into business to make some money for a couple years and, and get out. So this is gonna provide the longe longevity that you guys are looking for. 
recap. I, just, I've, I talk too much, man. So by the time I get to the recap, I've already recapped it 100 times. So that's it for, for um, the actual presentation. Um, I, I wanted to kind of, if it's okay with you guys, how much time do we got? Boom, 11 minutes. So I thought I sped through that, but I, I guess I didn't. But we got 10 minutes. Any questions about this model at all or anything that you want to ask me, let's hear it. Does this work? Yeah. Oh. You, you just speak into it? Yep. Testing. Oh, nice. Oh, I feel like Tony Robbins. <laughs> What's up, man? So you said you get your leads from uh, community events? Yes. Can you elaborate on that? Of course. So, again, when you're, when you're doing community events, the most important thing is doing something that you're passionate about. I've got three boys. They're friggin' insane. They all play hockey. They love hockey. What I noticed is that in today's age, with how difficult and expensive hockey equipment is, is that I wanted to create a community event around something that was important to me. And as that led into um, a, you know, just multiple successful uh, community events, I was able to uh, you know, team up with the, our town's actual uh, hockey squad and we raise money providing equipment for everybody. And, of course, we got our team name on all the jerseys. So it's, all, it's not this one strategy. It's go, you're going to go to a community event, do CMAs right on the spot, and the next thing you know, you've got 10 listings. It's all about a consistency. We don't have billboards. We're not allowed billboards in our town. So it's about the consistency and the brand awareness. So if I could, and here's another thing, too. If for sponsorships, guys, don't just sponsor, throw money on it, put your logo on it. Ask to volunteer. Be there. So and that's how we get all of our leads and listings from it, is that we're just there all the time. Newspaper, community events, and again, you, you're more willing to do a better job, or you're more likely to do a better job if it's something that you're passionate about. So I chose youth sports. Yeah, what are you passionate about? Uh, basketball. Basketball? Boom. How long have you been in business? Uh, just started out. Just started out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basketball leagues, what are they like here? Just as I imagine they're same like, uh, still in Canada. Friends, they, they play like in leagues, so I can maybe kind of work mm. around that. What I would do is I'd hold a charity basketball tournament. Ooh. Nobody walks through the front door without signing in, but you're going to have all of this information because people got to register first, right? Right. So, but the people that walk in are also going to be part of that in some type of way as, as a guest, as a donor, as a sponsorship opportunity, as a media. Man, if you're doing all of this and not inviting the media, you might as well just not do it. Invite the media, invite the local paper, get a photographer, get the HD bros out there, and, and make it a spectacle. 100%. And then as you're in the newspaper, as you're hammering, I say newspaper, newspapers are probably not a thing here, but we live in a town of 14,000 people with three newspapers. So you better be at least in one. And that's how we do it, man. It's just consistency. Sounds expensive. Well, okay. So there you go. Yeah. Now, we're doing a trade show. 5,000 people went last year. We've teamed up with a stager and our equivalent of the HD bros. Uh, they're called Vision Lux. And so what we did is we set up a nice little couch, coffee table, plants, 
We got our videographer and photographer there to take family photos. Give us your email, we'll send you the photos. Now, that's a booth that costs $2,500 that we're gonna split three ways. Now, you could even go a little bit deeper if $2,500 divided by three is not enough. I'm not a mathematician, so I don't know the answer to that. Let's just call it 800 bucks, 500 bucks. Then what you can do is you get additional sponsors. We have a spin wheel. Everybody loves it. Kids broke it the first time. But all you need to do is have that attractant to the booth. Every spin is a draw for the main giveaway. So the main giveaway can be a sponsorship. Or, you know, all, you tons of giveaways on the table, always. So, you know, if it's a cleaning company, get them to toss you $200 to, to be displayed, right? So make sure those verticals are in line with your overall uh, goal, right? Got it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries, man. Sorry? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> okay, sure. And if you want to uh, uh, reach out about any of the slides, because sometimes I don't make any sense. So, if, that's all right. Yes. Here you go, ready? Speaking of the mic. <laughs> so I saw uh, one of your earlier slides mentioned that 90% of your business has been from referrals. Yes, agent to agent referrals. Would you mind uh, just kind of briefly talking about how you started that whole process yeah. and what your beginning point was to start building those referrals yeah. in that network? So where are you from? California initially, but moved out to Virginia, what, three months ago? About. So the states I not assume I know has a big military background family, right? Yep. Does that mean that a lot of people are moving to and from different counties and all that? Absolutely. So how I started my business, guys, in year one, I live in a, in a similar area where, uh, not to, you know, Arlington, but I live in an area where people move to. They come to retire here. All my clients are 55 plus. It's the best. Uh, you know, I don't work nights and I don't work weekends because I just show them properties during the day. It's the best. They're all retired. So what I did in my first year, because I, people know, they know if they've never seen your sign before. You know, they, they know. We got a guy named Rob Goff. He guy sells 3,000 houses a year. They see his face everywhere. They don't see my face. So why waste marketing dollars and efforts marketing directly to your local market? Okay, farms are different. Not door knocking is different. I understand that. So what I did is I marketed outside of my market. I was trying to market direct to sellers and buyers who were moving into my town by creating content about my town. What happened, something magical, something magical. Other realtors saw this and put me as the authority to this marketplace, and that's how it all began. It all began because I knew I had to market outside of my market, and the, the, the agents basically just came flocking. Because I, I was I was blessed because it was at, at a time where people were cashing out of Toronto and moving into the smaller towns. So that was number one. Number two is I'm now the admin of one of the largest uh, Facebook groups uh, on uh, for real estate. But it didn't start out that way. I found something that I'm good at, which now everybody's good at because of Canva. Thank you. 
but I used to know Photoshop. So what I did was I'd take your little headshot and I'd remove whatever background you had and I put it on a new background and I got logos, your logo, and I put it on. And this is when you know everybody was into cover photos and stuff like that and they used it for LinkedIn, Facebook. I didn't know I was, I thought I'd maybe help three or four people, but I just posted in a group saying, hey, I'd like to make a Facebook cover photo for you. Next thing you know, December 23rd was an entire day of Photoshopping. I did 500 people. So boom, there, those agents were in my database super, super quick. Um, so find a passion, use it for your value. And you know, as long as it's unique enough, people are going to come and ask you for it. It just helps stand out. Uh, and then the other thing is, is there's so many coaches that will disagree with this, but if this is your goal, my entire social media has nothing to do with buyers or sellers, ever. I've never, I've, that's not true, I have put out market stats, but buyer tips, seller tips, it's not what I do. Real estate tips, you know, realtor values, all of that. I don't do any courses. I am kind of working on a book, but that's, that's for another presentation. But I don't do any of that. I just offer real value for, for no cost. And people, you know, like that. And they, they know that uh, I'm from Niagara and they send me their business. Right yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Two minutes left, guys. Come Can on. I ask a tight question? schedule. What do we got? You. Can I ask a okay, question? Okay, Carrie. Do you have a strategy for how you stay in touch with them and keep them going back to your social once you've gotten a referral from them? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the strategy is, and we were talking about this last night, so maybe you can help me develop that strategy. But my strategy is show so much damn value that they have no other choice to come back. Because real estate referrals is not about you closing them. It's not about, it's not about your reputation. It's about the referring agent's reputation. So as long as you understand that, because this client, I know it because I have it. I'm like, hey, how was John? Oh, I never actually heard from John. Oh, I met him and I, you know, I said I was interested in the property and he never sent me any additional information. So we understand that the clients are going to go back to the original referring agent and they're going to say one of two things. It was the best experience or is the worst experience. So what we do to answer your question a little more directly is as soon as the agent comes in uh, with the referral, we send out an email right away saying, thank you, congrats, um, referral accepted. Or thank you for the referral, just double checking the information because we have not heard back. As soon as we get an offer, congratulations, we've just got your clients an accepted offer. Congratulations, it just went firm. Congratulations, our closing gift just showed up to their door and they're gonna be posting it in, on social media and tagging us. So it's the service, is the strategy. And all of my admins know to treat the referring agent as uh, even better than our own direct clients. Yeah. yeah. Smart. We have room for one more. Was that you? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Sure. So the one thing, I, I, again, it was easy for me because five years ago, I was the sneakiest spam person in the world. I was the sneakiest spam person. I would always geotag where I was, even if it had nothing to do with the post. 
And I would post my videos, and I'd be like, hey, guys, just looking for your feedback. Oh, hey, no, I'm not selling anything. You know, I, so I was, I was using Facebook groups to my advantage. But I probably destroyed it for everybody here, sorry. Because everybody, they caught on to that. So where am I posting it? I'm just posting it organically, organically to my Facebook and Instagram. But if your Facebook isn't maxed out with 5,000 content or contacts of all realtors, then you know you, you start there. So even my business coach was like, "You've got to add 100 people a day." I'm like, "Where? My, I'm maxed out." So um, that's an important part too: is build your socials around realtors. If this is what you want to do, if it's if if real estate referrals is not your your main focus, then don't even worry about it. Just you know, um, it, it's it only works if it's a consistent you know strategy. Okay, so if you guys want any additional information um, on anything I talked about. I Again, I don't have a sales course. I send out 5 a.m. weekly uh, or daily emails if you want to be a part of that. It's not like a constant contact or mail chip and unsubscribe if you want to be a part of it. It's every morning at 5 a.m. I send them out. Um, just follow me at the Andrew Perry on Instagram. I follow back. I answer my DMs usually under five minutes. And um, yeah, I like to engage with everybody. So that's it. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of the Hyperfast Show featuring our amazing speakers from the 2024 Hyperfast Agent Summit. If you got value out of this, please do us a favor, like it, share it, and leave us a review or a comment. We love the feedback. And if you want to get more coaching from Carrie Scholl and I, you can get that by partnering with us at EXP Realty. When you join us at EXP Realty, you don't just get all the amazing benefits that you get from being a part of the world's first and biggest cloud brokerage, right? Which we all know those benefits are low fees, low caps, revenue share, stock awards, the ability to expand anywhere, right? You get all of that. Uh, but when you partner with Carrie and I at EXP Realty, we become your coaches, we become your mentors, we become your partners in building both your real estate sales business and your residual passive income. All you need to do to learn more is pick up the phone and send me a text message at 703-638-4393. Again, if you are ready to learn more about partnering with multi-billion dollar agents, top sponsoring agents at EXP Realty, myself and wife and business partner Carrie Scholl, Pick up your phone and text me at 703-638-4393. Thanks for tuning in.